Hey, man, y'all know why kids get on my nerves? Not every day you start a podcast that starts off with that one. I love kids, but they get on my nerves. Mostly because every time I'm around one of my nieces or nephews, they always go out of their way to tell me to watch something. Uncle Mo, watch this. And I stop everything I'm doing. I give the world up for this moment. They do some dumb shit. Like spin around. Do a push-up. Do a high karate kick. That's not even polished. You have not even worked on this kick, kid. You made me stop everything. And that was the moment. That's what you gave me. An unpolished karate kick. And they'll ask you to watch it eight times in 20 minutes and not get any better at any point. It's the same shit. It's the same damn kick over and over again. Watch this. I don't want to watch it. And I feel bad about it. But is it my fault that I don't want to watch it? Or is it the kid's fault for not working on his kick? Some things you just don't watch, whether it makes you feel bad or not. Because it's trash. Even when you want it to be good. It's kind of like the 2020 Olympics. Welcome to In The Moment. Yeah. I'm in the moment. I know. Stay in the moment. I'm kidding. There's a moment in everything and everything is a moment. I talk about the comedy in it all. This is your first time. Welcome to the funniest podcast you have never heard. I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitch, or your money back. Shout out to all my regular listeners and my new listeners. Episode 77. Doing this winning since about the beginning. I never could see an opponent. I'm saying it for We in the building another week. Give it up for yourself. As always. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. Now I appreciate it. Hey, man. Come on. I know it's not only me. I know. You want to like the Olympics. We all do. It's the Olympics. This just ain't the year. This ain't it. You know how I know this ain't it? Beyond the fact that the Olympics have been nasty, I discovered something about the Olympics that kind of took everything away from me. The medals. Do y'all know how much the medals are actually worth in real life? This blew my mind, and I was hoping it wasn't true, but it appears to be. So an Olympic gold medal contains 550 grams of silver, and it's covered in 6 grams of gold plating. That's the first thing that's wrong with it. So you're telling me a gold medal is actually a silver medal. This shit ain't even gold, man. <laughs> it's gold-plated. If I ever got a silver and you try to stun on me with a gold, I'm chipping your gold off. Now show me the difference. There's no difference. They're both silver. That's number one. But it's worth $870. That's what a gold medal is worth. That's respectable. A silver medal is made of pure silver. But at least it's, it's who it says it is. It's not covered in anything fake. It's silver because it's silver. So in a way, the gold medal is really fake. Full of shit. you silver on the inside, gold on the outside. Not who you appear to be. Just like most of us on Twitter and other social media platforms. I was blown away by this. But the silver is worth $490. All right. 
a little less. Still respectable. I guess is what you would expect. Pretty much half of what the gold is worth. Then you get to the bronze. Can you imagine? Just walk with me through this moment. You have worked your whole life for this. Since you were a kid. This is all you ever wanted. Countless nights of practice. Over and over. Can't relate to Allen Iverson at all. Just to get to the Olympics. Where now, this is your moment to shine for all that you've worked for. Because you've put in way more time at whatever it is you're good at than that kid put in on them kicks. Those bum-ass kicks. Can you imagine? You go through all of that, you come in third. You get the bronze, and you celebrate. You feel like, hey, I may be the second loser, but damn it, I stand for something because I meddled. That's fine. Until you learn that the bronze medal is comprised of 450 grams, almost a pound of red brass. That's 95% copper and 3% zinc. You know what that's valued at? $2.40 per pound. Are you kidding me? Fam, it ain't even worth $3. How you gonna come in third for a medal that ain't worth $3? I'm in third place. Least you could have did was make it worth $3. Nah. Nah, I'm not gonna run a $10.40 to put something on my neck worth $2.40. You go to the dollar store with $3 and get two and a half bronze medals right now. You ain't got to do no kind of flips, nothing. That is sick. I was devastated for everybody who's ever won a bronze medal when I learned this fact. $2.40. That's it. So keep that in mind whenever you decide to follow your dreams. Ask yourself, is it even worth it? Or should you be the kid that tells people to watch this without having worked on anything to show? Maybe he's the smart one in the end. Who's next? Let's talk about why I'm mad. I'm mad at the fact that I've learned there are people in my life who, for some reason, can't seem to drive without looking at you while they're having a conversation in the car. Fam, why are you looking at me? You should be driving. Have you ever drove with somebody who literally has to look at you every other word and then swerve? Like, I literally know somebody who drives like this. They will swerve and then look, swerve and then look. And I'm looking like, well, if you stop looking at me, you'll stop swerving. We don't have to look at each other when you're driving. You can just drive. That should be your focus. You can talk and drive and pay attention to the street. You ain't got to worry about me. I'm fine. Ain't nothing more dangerous than being in a car with a woman who doesn't trust you. Because if you are on your phone and she's not comfortable with that while she's driving, she'll risk it all to see who you texting. All of it. Who are you texting? Fam, if you don't drive, I'm not saying this happened to me. I'm just saying I know people who's been there. Who's next? I'm mad at Tom Bosworth. <laughs> yep. My man Tom. I know. You don't know who that is. That's fair. I didn't know who he was either a couple days ago. But I'm aware of who he is now. And I'm not sure if I should be mad at him or our producer, Katie, but I'm mad at one of them for hyping me up just to fail in the end. This all started. I was sitting down having a conversation with Katie. 
We started talking about the Olympics. She asked me, was I aware that there was a speed walking competition in the Olympics? And I looked at her and I said, of course I wasn't aware of that. I don't think anyone is. And when you say speed walking, you mean people are actually competing by walking in the Olympics. She said, yes, it's called race walking. I had no idea, but apparently this is a real thing. Race walking is an Olympic event that takes place every Olympics. I never heard of it, nor had I heard of Tom Bosworth. But curiosity struck again, and I just had to know what in the hell does race walking look like. So we go on YouTube, we pull up Olympic race walking. And I watched the last event that took place. And I thought I was watching the event from this year. Turns out I was watching the event from last year. Wouldn't have known the difference. Have never watched race walking before. As I start to watch the race, my man Tom Bosworth is in the front of all the highlights. So naturally, I immediately become a fan of Tom. Tom is now the Michael Jordan of race walking to me. Because he's the only athlete I know. But he's also in the lead. So he's winning the majority of the race. Katie and I start rooting for Tom. Now I'm watching this and I don't know how to explain this. Like you would just have to see it. They're like professional hip wigglers. It's the, <laughs> it's the best way I can describe it. They are literally professional hip wigglers. Like if they decided to put their hands on their hips and dipped when you dipped and then y'all dipped, no one would be better. This is what they do. But it's weird Because they're all literally moving at the same exact speed. But somehow, people end up getting ahead of each other. It makes no sense when you watch it. So naturally, now I'm intrigued. Because how the hell do you speed walk faster than the other speed walker? I think it comes down to endurance. Tom seems to have that. Here we are rooting for Tom. Naturally, as you can imagine, the event gets pretty boring after 30 seconds. (laughs) But... It was enough time for me to take a liking to Tom. I had to know how he finished in the race. It was like when you turn to that movie by accident, you see one thing, and the movie's terrible, but now you got to know how it ends. I had to know how Tom's story unfolded. So I fast-forwarded to the end, which took a while. I was blown away by that. People were getting lapped because they didn't really have, like, a long track. I don't think they respect the sport, if I'm being honest. It looked like one of those old race car tracks you would buy. It didn't really go far. Car just went zoom, zoom, zoom. Three times fell off the track. He was done. That's what the race walking track looks like. So imagine getting lapped in a speed walking event and you got to keep walking. Now I'm cool. However, Tom looked like he was going to be the guy until we got to the end. And I saw the first guy finish. Wasn't Tom. Second, third, fourth, fifth. No Tom in sight. So I almost gave up. Until six and then seven. And I'll be damned, there's Tom speed walking his way to the finish. And at that point, Katie looked up at me and said, I've already looked Tom up. These are the old Olympics, but guess what? He's running in two days at the new Olympics. I said, no, he's not, Katie. He's walking. That man is not running anywhere. But we will be there front and center because now we have to root for Tom. And the story got better because when she looked Tom up, Tom was actually talking big shit. He was about his sport of race walking. He felt like they weren't respected. They didn't have water when they showed up. They didn't have food. They weren't getting the spotlight like they should. 
Y'all been treating Usain Bolt like he's the only man that's good at racing for the last 10 years. Y'all ain't give my man Tom no credit. Tom had enough. So Tom said, I'm going to show y'all something on Friday. I'm going to put on a show for all of the people. And now I'm invested. I said, I can't wait until Tom comes out here and smokes somebody's boots by walking. Because damn it, those boots were made for walking. And that's just what they'll do. And then, <laughs> and then Friday came. And the race started. And I didn't see it because I had completely forgot about Tom by that point. That was two days later. But I remembered this morning. And I went to check to see what my man Tom did. And I started at first. Because I just knew that's where Tom was going to be after all the shit he was talking. It wasn't Tom's. Someone else. So I said, all right. Kept scrolling. Second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. No Tom. Somewhere in the teens? Nope. Still no Tom. Tom finished in 25th. It was 26 races, y'all. <laughs> Tom. Now, I don't know how many people were actually walking. But Tom, you can't talk all that shit. I became a fan. Regardless that it was for two days, I was a fan. And you finished 25th? As I Googled this, I then saw that Tom addressed all of his fans with an apology of his performance at the Olympics. And in that moment, I realized, man, this is real life. And he worked really hard for this. And I am an asshole. However, I want Tom to know that I will not be watching anymore of the race walking in the Olympics because it's just not entertaining. But I will be Googling to see it through because I am now a fan. So shout out to my man, Tom Bosworth. The Michael Jordan of race walking. Who's next? I'm mad at this email that I got. I won't get into the details of the email because apparently me speaking on this moment is how I got to getting the email. If that makes sense. But I will speak on two things about the email. So the email was in regards to my show. Because apparently there were two women who left the show early for whatever reasons they did. Now, one sent an email into Bert basically saying that she felt as if I said something that was racist. After doing much research, I discovered that that indeed was not true. Not even close to true. But that's not the point. There was another lady who left. Of course, I don't know why. But she asked a question, and my mom basically answered her question. And she left shortly after. I spoke about this on last week's episode. So she felt like she wanted to set the record straight. Because she didn't leave due to the fact that my mom told her that the question she asked was none of her business. She left because she had other obligations. Fine. There's no way for me to know that. I only told the story from the standpoint of what was given to me from my family. But what upset me about the email wasn't that she wanted to clear that up for whatever reason. That's fine. The first thing was... This is the second time an email has been sent to Bert about someone having an issue with me or with something I said. And I can't help but wonder, like, why do some people do that? Is that like to go in the store and ask for the manager move? Like, if you feel a way about something I said or I did, send it to me. Something about sending it to my boss makes me feel as if there are bad intentions there. 
Am I wrong for that? I mean, I've never been much of the tattletale type. Never been a TTT guy myself. But at least when you think of telling, right? Was having this conversation. Like, we know why kids tell. They're afraid of getting in trouble. Or maybe they simply want to see someone else get in trouble. But why do adults do it? What are you trying to accomplish? I've always wondered this. Even if you were to go into, like, a store, per se, and you have an encounter with someone where you feel away, and now you want to see the manager. I want to see your manager. Like, what do you think is going to happen here? I'm just curious what y'all think when y'all do it. Typically, in my experiences of working at retail stores, if you get in an encounter with someone who works there and you go to their manager, one or two things typically happen. Either the person is normally a really good worker and you're going to be like the first time this has ever been a thing and the manager's going to be pretty much more mad at you that you actually made them do some work than they are at the actual person who's working. Or you get the person that kind of gets lots of complaints because their attitude and obviously they can't be fired because they're still there at the time that they got into it with you and you just another person complaining. But either way, more times than not, you telling that Susie didn't help you get the computer you wanted in the fashion you wanted is not going to get her fired. <laughs> Just not, man. So I can't help but wonder sometimes when you see these situations, like are there people who go home and feel really good about themselves because they say, hey, I asked for the manager today at Best Buy and damn it, I got him. And I told him this woman was mean to me. Do you go home and feel like I probably cost that person their job? Because most of the time, it's really not worth it. Because people really not acting out like that at work. It's very rarely the person that's at work, if we being honest. I know they always say the customer is always right. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> customer be wrong a lot. Trust me, I don't work in customer service a lot of my life. And I done seen a lot of wrong customers. I promise you. But sometimes... You can just, like, feel away, walk away. Like, I remember I was working at McDonald's once. I think I was 17. And one of my best friends loves to tell this story. I hate this story because, honestly, it feels like I was rude. But I remember why I said what I said and why I felt the way I felt in the moment. This lady walks in one day, and I'm minding my business, doing my job. Because, again... When you're working in retail, somewhat like when you're doing comedy, well, you have to be there. You don't have a choice. That's your job. Someone walks in who wants to be there. That's their choice. This lady was pissed because the sandwich that she got in the drive-thru wasn't the sandwich that she asked for. Fine. That's fair. Mistakes happen, right? But I'm the guy who works at the register. That has nothing to do with me. I have nothing to do with the drive-thru. I tried to explain this to her. I'm sorry that you got the wrong sandwich. We'll figure it out. No, but you need to make sure that my sandwich is right every time I... Ma'am, I don't make the sandwiches, nor do I take the orders. I'm in here. Somebody got your order wrong in here? That's on me. drive through? Not on me. Thought that was clear. No, every time I come in here, that... then she cursing. I said, listen, you can curse at me all you want. But at the end of the day, what you need is a new sandwich, and it's not going to motivate me to do it any quicker by you standing here cursing at me. So what do you want me to do? It doesn't matter. You should. I will never come here again. 
And in that moment, I couldn't help myself. I said, well, you know what else doesn't matter? Turn around. Look outside at that sign. She turned around and she looked. And the sign said, McDonald's. Over two billion people served. And I, she turned back around and she looked at me. And I said, see, no one gives a shit if you don't come anymore. There's two billion people McDonald's is served. What do you think you not coming is going to do? We're going to celebrate. It's going to be the best week ever if you don't show up. Every time you come, you come in here with this problem. We ain't doing nothing wrong. She got so mad at me. and She said, I want to see your manager. And I said, fine. Lakeisha. And I kid y'all not. The moment I yelled, Lakeisha, she looked at me with this face of defeat. And she just walked out as if she knew Lakeisha's not going to be any more help than he was. <laughs> and she was right. Lakeisha didn't give a shit. That's why I love that job. Hey, Lakeisha would have came up there and been more mad at her. Because Lakeisha was in the back chilling. And maybe she stereotyped with the name. I don't know. But she was right. My point is, what did she think was going to happen? Nothing. Nothing was going to happen. Just leave. If you come to a comedy show and you don't want to be a part of the show or you don't want people to have opinions on you, well, it's a crazy idea. Don't say anything. <laughs> Just laugh. Just have a good time. And that was the other part that bothered me, was there was a sentence in the email that said, I don't give a shit about you and Bree's relationship. Yet the whole reason that we're even having this entire ordeal is because you went out of your way to ask a question about me and Bree's relationship. What? <laughs> if you don't care, why ask? That feels like when the guy tries to holler at the young lady and she denies his advances, I'm cool. What does he do? What does the clown do? I ain't want you anyway. I know, of course you didn't. Then why are you here? There's nothing to discuss. Take the L. If you don't care, why are you asking? Now you're wasting everyone's time. But her point in it all was I brought it up, which I felt like, of course, I brought it up. I'm talking about me, but I don't need to be reminded of what to and not to talk about. And I don't even care about when people decide to talk at the shows. Do your thing. But at the same time, if a narrative gets created about you or anything is said about you whatsoever, well, you don't get to get upset about it when you went out your way to ask something that nobody asked you to ask. You see how it all works? It didn't make sense to me. But even in that moment, I was like, why am I even trying to make sense of it? I just felt like of all the people you could email, you're trying to make me look bad. Because if that's the case, are you really a supporter? Doesn't feel like it. I'm just not exactly sure what people's intentions are when they're so quick to go to management about something. Is it maybe, just maybe you're not taking accountability for what you've done, for what your part could have been, and you simply want to be heard? 
Because a lot of times, people want the attention until they get it. Then all of a sudden, now everybody else is wrong. You volunteered the first step. We almost live in a world where everybody wants to have an opinion until somebody has an opinion about their opinion. Rapper T.I., perfect example. You got mad at the things that people had to say about your opinion. But you went out of your way to have an opinion about the baby. No one forced you to have an opinion. You could have not said anything. Then there would have been nothing. But no, you jumped out the gate with an opinion that no one asked for and then got a million opinions for your opinion. So all that's to say, once you go out of your way to have an opinion or a suggestion, a recommendation, whatever you like to call it, well, someone may have an opinion on your opinion, and you don't get to get mad. Who's next? I'm mad at this video I saw the other day, and I'm not mad at what happened so much as I'm mad at what the guy said. So as I'm scrolling, I see it's one of those videos where you have to click it to find out what happens. But the title is, you'll never believe what happened once she forgot to mute herself on Zoom. Now it's locked in. Anytime you see one of those, you got to know, right? So I click on it. And all you see is like a classroom of students just on Zoom. And Elizabeth forgot to mute herself is having the night of her life in the bedroom with whomever she's with. They are getting it rocking. And everybody's listening. And it lasts for all about 37 seconds, but it's intense. And you can hear like the students kind of laughing and trying to figure out what's going on at first. And then you hear one of them ask this. Elizabeth, are you all right? <laughs> no. That's embarrassing as fuck. Elizabeth, Beth. Oh, no. Get your shit out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you moves like that. No, I'm kidding. Bro. <laughs> they still going. Going crazy. Elizabeth, are you all right? What do you mean, Elizabeth, are you okay? Do y'all just not know what else to ask in situations? Man, that's one of the most annoying things. You ever seen somebody break both arms, fracture two legs, and knock their teeth out, and somebody go, hey, are you Okay. No, my teeth are on the ground. I'm not okay. Why do people ask you okay in moments when you're clearly not okay or you clearly are okay? I don't know if Annie is okay, but I'll tell you this. Elizabeth is fine. Do you not hear her? Elizabeth got a first-class ticket to Poundtown, and all of y'all are in class. She's fine. <laughs> don't worry about her. <laughs> what does he mean? Is she okay? He sound like the kid that walked in on his parents by accident for the first time. <laughs> Mom, hey, you ever been there? Walking in on your parents is traumatic. I don't want to talk about it. Man, listen, Elizabeth was okay. How does this happen to y'all? How y'all end up having sex in the middle of the class on the Zoom? Everybody in the comments was like, how do you forget to mute yourself? But I was thinking... Like, how do you just end up having sex in the middle of class? No one was shocked by that one? I have never been in a situation where I just started having sex in the middle of class. That's the entire reason I signed up for health. <laughs> I, I thought it was a possibility. They just showing us videos. Oh, but we had to actually dissect the frogs. Why we don't get to have sex in class? Makes me wonder, what else are y'all getting away with?
in the middle of the class on Zoom. When we did the bird show on Zoom, if I forgot to mute myself, they just heard me using the bathroom. My life is boring. Elizabeth is having whole sex. Ask yourself, are you really living your life? But whoever that was, I promise you, Elizabeth is just fine. Who's next? All right, let's get into shout-outs. You might feel a little hopeless and broken, but don't you quit. Because I swear to God, you probably even closer than you think. Shout-out to the locks. The Locks is a rap group from Yonkers. They did a versus with Dipset, another rap group from Harlem. If you are not a hip-hop fan, man, those groups meant a lot to me growing up as a kid in New York, as a hip-hop fan, and it was great to see. And the Locks wore their ass out. It was ugly. Oh, it was disgusting. It was a bad night for you if you are a member of Dipset or a Dipset fan. Kiss was on a whole nother level, but it was a great night for hip-hop. And I enjoyed it as a New Yorker. I wish I was there. But Kiss controlled the night. He controlled the room in shorts and Tim's. And if you are not from New York, you don't realize that that is a thing. That is the only place you see a man wear shorts and Tim's. I never understood it. But every summer, I would see friends with shorts and Tim's. That's just how it is in New York. And if you're not familiar with what Timberlands are, well, you're going to get very familiar with it in this next segment. Let's get down to business. So Timberlands are construction boots that if you're from New York, you own a pair. It's pretty much that simple. You have to have a pair of Tim's as a New Yorker. It's one of those things, if you don't, everyone will question your entire life. Women wear them, men wear them, women like men in them, men like women in them. It's just what it is. Now, I'm going to be honest. I would have never been able to say this before, but T-Pain has already said it, so I feel like I can get this off. They were never comfortable. I have always wore Tim's because I have to. I'm from New York. It's blasphemy for me to say this. It's not a comfortable boot, man. It never has been, but I've always worn them because you kind of have to. And the ladies like a man in a new pair of Tim's. But this is what T-Pain had to say about Tim's. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> it's over. Stop telling me that I need to wear this boot untied. <laughs> You want some sketches? <laughs> Untied because it looks cool to New Yorkers. That shit is uncomfortable. They're called constructions because niggas only wear them shits doing construction. Can you imagine living a day as a construction worker if you're not a construction worker? If I had more options of where to tie my shoes at. <laughs> the thing about it, I was dying listening to this. It's hilarious. And he's right. Even as a New Yorker, I felt disrespected. But damn it, the man has a point. You can't tie him. Why would you ever want to walk around in a pair of construction boots? But they look good with jeans, man. Why we on it? Jordans ain't the most comfortable pair of sneakers either. How often do we wear something that's not comfortable because it look good? For a lot of y'all, that's your relationship. And it said too much. Who's next?
Alright, let's talk Kanye West. Back again, I use my back against the wall. Never caught on y'all. Never count on y'all. Always count on God. He's done miracles on me. He's done miracles on me. He's done miracles on me. So that right there is the song that was He's featured. For Kanye West's new album, Donda, that it was supposed to be released and has not been released yet. This is the second time he has failed the world. Won't matter, and I'm going to tell you why in a second. They also featured that song in a Beats commercial, and everybody was anticipating the release of Kanye's album. So I'm recording this right now on a Saturday, when normally I would be doing it on a Thursday. And the reason I'm doing this is because I used my Thursday to go to Kanye West. Is it Kanye West is? Listening party. And so here I am. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. I am thoroughly, thoroughly confused by what I experienced on Thursday night. I am lost. And I'm going to have to really sit down with a Kanye West fan to understand what I am missing. Because I don't even view the world the same after going to that event on Thursday night. And maybe that's the reason I was supposed to be there. I feel like in times you find yourself in places when you ask yourself, Lord, what the hell am I doing here? How did this happen? What did I do wrong for me to end up in this situation? Whenever I feel like that, I think it has to be because there's a lesson I am supposed to learn. So I have been thinking about what lesson I was supposed to take away from being at Kanye's listening party. Here's the thing. Kanye had one listening party at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. He showed up two hours late. Pretty much sold it out. I think it was $100 for most of the tickets. And apparently there were $50 chicken fingers. And the man stood there. He didn't thank anyone for coming. He didn't speak. He didn't say a word. He didn't even show you his face. He had pantyhose on. He walked out for a few seconds. He walked back. That was that. And just when I thought there's no way that Kanye's antics could get worse, there's no way he can fool the people yet again. Oh, he has another listening party at the same place, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And Bert said to me on the Bird Show, no way he gets over 20000 in there again. And I told him, oh, you just watch. Don't believe me, just watch. Man has a cult-like following, I promise you, he'll get 40000 in there again. What do you know? He gets 40000 in there again. And I get free tickets. Emphasis on free. And I said to myself, you know what? Maybe I'm missing something. I have this opportunity to go. It fell on my lap. Let's try it. Maybe we'll see the light. I'll understand what everybody else who appears to be so excited about this is excited about. So I went. And as soon as I got there, I knew it was a bad decision. Now, I got there an hour late. Got there around 10. Because in my mind... There's no way this man is going to be on time, which is the first part of the problem. How are you late to somewhere when it's your house? 
He's living there. Which tells me he was late on purpose. You know why? Because he doesn't care. And this is no way a shot at Kanye. I think Kanye is a whole genius. I am not questioning what Kanye was doing. I'm trying to figure out what y'all was doing. Yo, I'm baffled. I'm blown away. When I got there, I was already blown away by how many people were there. People are dressed to the nines. Their Sunday best is on on this Thursday night. All for a man they won't see. I guess it's a lot like church. Which is ironic because I genuinely believe that Kanye believes he's a god. And I don't mean it in the arrogant sense. I mean it in a pure one. I really do. I think Kanye is so in tune with who he is as a being that he believes he is better than y'all. And y'all don't deserve to see his face or y'all don't deserve for him to show up on time. And you know what? He's right. Because <laughs> here y'all go. Filling the stands. This may come off as insulting, but I'm being honest. There's a piece of me that genuinely believes that Kanye has realized how weak-minded people can be. I always talk about this cattle-like lifestyle that people live. The mind of the sheeps. People don't really think for themselves anymore. They go along to get along. If it looks good, it must be good, so let me jump in line. And there I am, sitting front row at this event for no reason because there's nothing to see. Trying to be one and be a part of the people. People are buying popcorn, they're getting drinks, the lines are around the corner, the merch line is out of control to buy $100 t-shirts. And I'm like, you really would think Trey Young and the Hawks are about to come out here? Nope. Just Kanye. So, of course, he shows up hour and a half late. Why? Because he doesn't care and he knows y'all are going to wait anyway. And he walks out and people clap. And I had my first moment of, if I were a genuine Kanye fan and I knew he was living in Mercedes-Benz Stadium and I showed up on a school night, paid $100 to be here, and you walked out an hour and a half late on purpose, I promise you I'm not clapping. (laughs) I'm just not. But here they are. I said, okay, I'm already way out of my comfort zone. I'm lost. Then he walks up to the little bedroom establishment that he has in the middle of the the stadium. He has got like two push-up bars up there and a bed. And then the music plays. Now, maybe it's me, but I'm the kind of guy who feels like when you go to a listening party, well, you should be able to listen. That's just me. Thought that maybe you should be able to hear the music. I can't hear the music. I can tell Pusha T is rapping. I don't know one bar he got off because the entire stadium is vibrating. The bass, incredible. Kanye killed the bass on this entire album. Put my name on it. But it felt just like when you get in the car because everybody has been there. If you're a guy, you know the guy. If you're a woman, you've dated the guy. But everybody knows that guy that for whatever reason always thought it was fly to have the whole bass in the back and his music up maxed out, and you can't hear shit. You just... 
the whole ride, fam. I got whiplash. This shit ain't comfortable. The whole ride, it feel like it's a vibrator in my ass, and I don't know none of the lyrics that's being taught. I don't know what's going on in the song. That's never been sexy. You ever had them roll through your neighborhood, your bed vibrate? Like, fam, I don't even know how that's comfortable for you if I'm on the seventh floor and my bed is vibrating, but that's not here nor there. That's growing up in New York. My point is, you couldn't hear the music. Couldn't hear shit. They was like, oh, I don't know who on the aisle, but I know. I don't care what you think you know. You know nothing because he's not going to release this. We don't even know if the music we heard going to be on the album ever. But you know what he's selling? A dream. And everybody is lined up to buy this dream that this man is selling. And you know how I know? Because two dreams were bought that night. The first one was the poor guy behind me who somehow convinced himself that Jay-Z was there. I'm listening to him. Hey, bro, Jay-Z is here tonight. What? Yeah, he's coming out, man. He's in the back. He's brought B with him. What are you talking about, fam? <laughs> hey, I don't know why I'm here. The best you're going to get is me. I promise you, Jay ain't walking out. Ain't no way in hell. Who thought this? Man, please. Y'all lucky Kanye is here. Or was he? That's the other dream they bought. So I left early, like I thought anyone would sense would. And then I got home, and you know what I saw? Nothing, because I went to sleep. But when I woke up the next morning, I saw everyone saying, oh, you had to stay to the end. Kanye levitated out of the stadium. <laughs> hey, what, what is wrong with y'all, man? We I stop. I had to go to work. I was doing Jaden Moore in the afternoon, and everybody's calling, talking about how Kanye levitated. Hey, Kanye was levitating. Mo, did you see it? And I sat there, and I let everybody out that moment because I didn't want to be that guy. But I'm thinking to myself, what is wrong with y'all? Can y'all not see when somebody is pulling wool over your eyes? Y'all don't know? Y'all can't see it. First of all, do y'all know what levitating is? It's to rise in the air, especially by means of supernatural or magical power. The man had a whole harness on. It was strings everywhere, pulling him into the sky, or at least who y'all thought was him into the sky. First of all, that's not levitating. That's literally just having strings pull you in the air. Y'all acting like he sky dove into the stadium and landed in row three, section 11. Then I would have been a little more impressed. They pulled some guy in the air and everybody was hyped. Oh my God, Kanye's going to heaven. What are y'all talking about? It's not levitating. He's not Chris Angel. Man's no David Blaine. He's Kanye. But they were hype. Oh, he's levitating. I've never seen anything like it. Fine, let it go. All just to hear again. That what do you know? Surprise. It wasn't Kanye, dummy. <laughs> oh, this man is a genius. This is great. And I'm just watching how people are just getting so sucked into this nonsense. Like, look how easy it was for him to manipulate the public. Does no one else see this the way I did? I'm looking at it like, man, imagine being Kanye. You wake up and know that 
You're going to get all this promotion for the album or for whatever it is you want to do just by literally renting out this stadium, which the people are going to pay for. They're going to pay for most of it by showing up with these $100 tickets, buying $100 T-shirts and $100 chicken fingers. So it's really not going to cost them much. And then he's going to fool y'all by only really giving you five minutes of his time, do a couple push-ups, play some music you can't hear anyway, just not to release it. And y'all are going to show up every single time and say, I had the time of my life because I saw Kanye levitate. Who didn't levitate and who wasn't Kanye, that was Greg from the equipment department. That's who levitated, allegedly. That's what y'all saw and was hyped. Kanye was sitting in the mezzanine next to somebody watching Greg levitate with your dumb ass. But here you go. Go, Kanye. <laughs> hey, man. He has figured out a way to manipulate the public. And I'm not mad at him. It ain't his fault that people show up every time and expect something different just to get fooled. But it does show you how much of a go-along, get-along society we really live in. Because I'm not hating. I saw people have the time of their lives that night, really believing that they were seeing something special when I saw it for exactly what it was. But then in the end, I'm really the fool because Kanye got paid, they had fun, and I'm sitting there like, you got to be kidding me. I got to be the fool. But I was there for free and was still mad. I'd rather waste $100 than my time. I'm lost. But they say to be a fan, you have to be a fanatic. Because I think sometimes people forget that that's exactly what fan is short for, fanatic. So I guess if you are that much of a fan of someone, I don't know that I've ever been a fanatic for anyone, you would understand. But to me, seems as if Kanye has figured out just how weak-minded a lot of society is, and he's found a way to take advantage of it. A lot like that other Gemini guy that he was in the room with. But once again, I've said too much. Who's next? Question of the week. Should there be accountability with people who go through phones or go out of their way to catch their significant other doing something when they actually do catch them doing something? Should you still have to blame yourself for the information you received. That's been a question for a long time that a lot of people ask. If you go through somebody's phone nine times, you don't see anything, but you go through their phone once and you do, do you now have to pay for the nine that you were wrong? Or does it not matter because of the one that you weren't? I bring this up for two reasons. One, I do think that there's a lack of accountability when it comes to understanding cheating when you're the person doing the cheating as opposed to when you're not? Should you be accountable if you're the person who goes out your way to find something? Or should you be accountable if in a situation where cheating is happening, it could be looked upon as karma? Here's what I mean. We had a lady call the Burt Show this week, and she felt like her husband was cheating. But she also felt like it might have been karma. Because the guy that she was married to is the guy that she met while she was cheating on her husband initially. Her husband found out that she was stepping outside of the marriage and he left. And so she then married the new guy three months later. Now, I'm not going to lie. I've always been the kind of guy that if you're cheating on the guy you're with to be with me, 
and now we get together? Well, I'm not certain you wouldn't do it to me. Some people that say that's not fair because they did it to someone else, that doesn't mean that they'll do it to you. But at the same time, I feel like I don't think I'm that damn special. What makes me think that I am so special that you do it to him, but you won't do it to me? Maybe you won't, but you certainly have the potential to do it. And that's something that I feel like I need to keep in the back of my mind. Now, in this case, she was cheating on her husband. He left. They got together. Now she's with the new guy, right? And you think that the new guy is now cheating on you. So naturally, I asked her, well, if he is, do you think you'd be able to understand? She said, no, I don't think I'd be able to understand. And everybody on the show was like, hell no, you wouldn't understand that. And I was kind of lost because I felt like, well, why wouldn't you? And that was the reason I asked the question. How could you possibly not understand? You are in this situation from cheating on your husband. So it's always baffled me that someone who literally cheated wouldn't be able to understand someone cheating on them. How? You may not like it. It may not feel good. You may even think you don't deserve it. But just how in the hell could you feel like you don't understand it? Well, who should understand being cheated on better than someone who's cheated on someone else? That didn't make any sense to me, and it was exactly why I asked the question. Because how do people end up in situations where what's being done to them is exactly what they did to someone else, and yet they can sit there with a straight face and tell you they don't understand? Don't get it. The other reason I asked that question is because so often I see people go out of their way to get information on if their partner is cheating. But here's what I'd be feeling like. What are you going to do with the information once you get it? Because if you hold yourself accountable for the fact that you're about to go look for something that is probably going to be detrimental to the relationship if it doesn't go the way you want it to go, what exactly are you prepared to do with this newfound information? If you're not going to do anything, if you're going to find out that this person has done this or has done that, just to try to forgive them anyway and stay in their relationship? Well, what's the point in even finding out? And I know that sounds crazy, but follow me. There's been a lot of times in life I've seen people go out of their way to find out that they were being cheated on just to stay. And then they'll say, I wish I didn't know. Or maybe if I didn't know, I wouldn't even care. So what in the hell was the point of going out the way to find out? Even if that man was cheating. He showed you where his morals were. He didn't care that you were married. Didn't bother him even a little bit. So the man is showing you what his principles are. Where his morals lie. What he's willing to forgive or look beyond. So what makes you think when the roles are reversed that those same morals won't show themselves again. Do you have the right to be shocked? Sure. But you'd be a fool to be. So to an extent, do you actually plan on saying, even though I got with you by cheating on my husband, if you're cheating on me, I'm gone? If that's what you're saying, fine. But if you're saying, nah, I can't even really be mad because of how I came into the situation, and what's even the point of checking? What I'm saying is, sometime, the more I hear stories like this, I think it's better to kind of know yourself than it is to just react off of emotion 
and make your situation worse for no reason. Because maybe the person is cheating on you. Maybe they're not. But if you know that you are not going to do anything with that information, you are not going to walk away. You are not going to be strong enough. Why even dig? Why even go knocking on the devil's door? Because as I say on the bird show often, my grandmother once told me, you go knocking on the devil's door enough, eventually somebody going to answer. Do you really want to know? If you're not ready to deal with the information, should you really ask the question? I don't know. I'm the kind of person, I go get the information because once I get it, I'm forcing myself to use it. Even though it's going to be probably the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm forcing myself to use that information I went to go get. But if you are not that person, well, what are you going to get that information for? Is it even worth it? Just something you might want to ask yourself before you go knocking on the devil's door again. Who's next? All right, let's get into sicko awards. Yo, I saw something on my timeline this week that just bothered me, and I don't even really know why it bothered me so much, but it did. So if you're not familiar, America's favorite couple is Ciara and Russell Wilson. It's not debatable, unless you're a hater. <laughs> but I saw a picture of them go viral because someone took a picture of them while they were praying in church. And I don't know why, but it pissed me off, man. I just felt like it was like some of the sickest thing I've ever seen. If you can't find some kind of privacy to pray in a church, it don't exist anymore. Where the hell can you find it? I thought of this when I saw Justin Bieber tried to calmly explain to these women that had their cameras out that, hey, this is my home. I understand if you want to do this in the street, that's fine. Catch me where you catch me. But this is my home. And he actually was really patient and polite about it. And she was still there, like, trying to get a picture. Like, fam, he lives there. I just don't know what's wrong with some people. And the person who posted it knew that it was wrong because they went out of their way to clarify that I didn't take this picture. The person next to me did. Okay. And they sent it to you all in church, and then you posted it for them? How is posting it any better than the person who took it? You can't do anything anymore. That's why sometimes I don't blame celebrities for how they feel or the things they do. Can you imagine you can't even go to church, get on your knees and worship the Lord without somebody having a phone in your face trying to go viral? Y'all trying to go viral off of God now? All the nastiness just keeps getting worse. The person who took it, the person who posted it, hell with it. The person who retweeted it. (laughs) All nasty people. If there's ever a moment when a person deserves to have some privacy, it's while they are trying to connect with their higher power. This is a sick world. Let people talk to their God. And clearly, for about 40,000 of y'all, that's Kanye. Who's next? Moment of the week. I'm going to inspire somebody who may need it before I get out of here. Shout out to my astrology video for the cancers that did a million on TikTok this week. If you're not familiar, I do these videos called Why I Hate Your Sign, where I talk about every sign. 
and I tell you all of the things that I can't stand about yourself, and it's fun, and it's doing really well, and, well, uh, we just left cancer season to enter Leo season, and I did a video about cancers that that broke a million views. And as a creator, as a dreamer, as an entertainer, that's a pretty big deal, and I'm I'm happy about it. I'm proud of myself. I bring this up to say to anybody that has a dream or a goal, and you're trying to utilize your talent to get there, and you feel like you have a purpose, that journey is hard. It's very hard. There's days when you feel like it's never going to happen. There's days when you feel like you're wasting your time. There's days when you have to do it on your own. There won't be anyone there to clap for you. There won't be any, anyone there to motivate you or to lift you up. And you got to kind of be your own source of energy. And there's going to be a lot of no's. A lot of doors are going to close. A lot of opportunities are going to seem to just kind of fade away. And you only have to do one thing throughout all of those times. Keep going. That's it. A lot of people will say things like, you're lucky. You're chosen. You're gifted. You're talented. God's looking out for you. Some of those things may be true. But one thing that's certain is everyone that's ever accomplished something that was difficult to do did it because they believed they could. Period. There's nothing else to it. And I still remember this day like it was yesterday. I was sitting in the kitchen of my mother's home. And I was trying to come up with these ideas for how I could go viral. And eventually, I fell on doing these astrology videos. I've spoken in the past of how I got into it. Not that important. But the first one I did, did like 3,000 views, which at that time was a big deal for me because all my videos were only doing like 500. So I was hype. Couldn't tell me shit. But I knew I was on to something. I knew I had something because of how easy it was for me to get to 3,000. Looking back on it, of course, 3,000 wasn't nothing. But at that time, it was everything. It was enough for me to know this is all I need. Because this 3,000 going to turn into 300,000, and that 300,000 is going to turn into 300 million. That was all I needed to know. That's views, that's money, that's anything that has a number on it, as far as I'm concerned. Because that's simply how I operate and how I live my life. So yeah, to everybody else around me, it was 3,000 views. To me, it was finding my purpose. This is how I'm going to touch people. This is how I'm going to get people's attention in order to say the things I really want to say. The only problem was I expected the people around me to get that and to see that for some reason. And I think a lot of people do when they have a dream or they have a goal. They allow other people's opinions and fears stop them. Why would you ever do that? And when I was in that kitchen... I remember saying, between my astrology videos and the videos that I was doing for my family at the time, because we did a Thanksgiving video where my mom was the star of the video that I produced, and it was fire. Still top five greatest family videos of all time called Clean It Up. And I think that video had done maybe five or 6,000 itself. And I looked at my family and I said, yo, we on our way. It's lit. 
one of these videos are going to hit a million. And I remember this lady who was a close friend of the family said, well, I wouldn't be so sure about that now. That's a lot of views. And it wasn't just her. I had a homeboy who did the same thing one time. I told him, yo, I'm doing these astrology videos and I think I got something. And he's like, word? I was like, yeah, one of them, I think at the time, it was like 10,000. I was like, one of them did 10,000, bro. I'm about to hit a million. And he laughed. I wasn't exactly sure it was funny. I was dead serious. He said, man, you realize how many views that is? I said, yeah, a million. <laughs> and he said, that's a lot. Man. I don't know about no million, bro. It's hard to get a million. You got to do something like kill somebody or attack an old lady. I said, or you don't. Or you could just be talented and have something to say that a million people would want to listen to. And he was like, well, I guess. But it was the doubt for me. And then I got on the Bird Show and I talked about how I had a Virgo video that someone took a piece of my video, put it on their Facebook, and it did 10 million views. And it wasn't watermarked. So I was pissed that no one knew it was me. So I said to myself, that's fine. My very first thought was, that's not a problem. Because I'll do it again. And there were people around me that was like, nah, I don't know, bro. You don't know you can do it again. I don't know. You can't. That's a lot. I don't know if you'll ever get to a million again. I'm like, why in the hell do y'all think I won't be able to do it again if I did it the first time? The first million's the hardest. Any millionaire will tell you that. So I didn't let it disturb me because any artist will tell you that there's a point in life when you lose some shit that you worked really hard for. Maybe the song don't work out the way you wanted it to. Maybe you didn't get credit for something you painted, something you worked on. Whatever it is. Sometimes you work hard on a project on your laptop and it all gets deleted. Man, every artist has been there. The point is, if you did it once and it was fire, you can do it again. And again. And again. And it was all this doubt about whether or not I could do it again. But the only person who didn't doubt me, well, there might have been a couple. But the most important person who didn't doubt me was myself. So when I did it, it was bigger than just having a video that hit a million views. It took me back to those moments of all those people who doubted me in the first place. And there's not a lot of creators that can sit in front of a laptop or a camera, say a couple funny things and hit a million views if they don't already have a million followers. So most people will tell you that it's not possible, just like most people will tell you a whole lot of things are not possible. Jeff Bezos just wrote a penis to space, fam. Don't tell me it was possible. So if you need to be inspired, if you need to be motivated, just let my small million view video help you. And I promise you, this is just the beginning. I'm going to do 10 million again. The only difference now, when I say it, as opposed to when I used to say it back then, is no one is laughing anymore. So let that be your goal. Let them laugh. Until they can. Who's next? Quote of the week. I was talking to my sister. Shout out to Cakes. And she sent me a quote that hit home for me. And so I wanted to share it with y'all. So that it'll mean to you whatever it's supposed to. Be humble enough to serve someone else. You'll be blessed by their access. 
The purpose of connection is to escort you through uncharted territories and to help you negotiate unfamiliar ground. End quote. You got to always be humble enough to serve and always find ways to be comfortable being uncomfortable because most of the time, that's where life is. Walk through those uncharted territories with the confidence of a man who has been there before regardless of if you have or not because unfamiliar ground is typically where you find all your gold and hopefully that gold is real gold and not just some shit that's plated over silver. Now, that's my kind of Olympics. Now... I'll leave you guys with a bit of some bonus. Uh, Last week when I was on a Burt show, toward the end of the show, Burt and I got together to record a segment because I'm going to start having Burt record a segment a week, hopefully on my podcast, so that you guys can hear some more of Burt, uncut, raw, and unfiltered. Since it was such a hit the first time, we decided to try to give you guys some more, and this worked out really well because Burt and I are both pretty damn busy, and we've struggled to get into the studio to do this together. So one morning, directly after the bird show, I had no idea he was going to do this, but he tells me to turn on the mic and come up with something for us to talk about on the spot. And well, I wasn't ready. But it ended up being a moment because being that it was right after the show, Davi and Cassie were still in the building, and it's the first time that there's been a crossover of the bird show podcast, broadly speaking and in the moment. It's a world premiere. Enjoy the bonus content. As always, it's a pleasure to share the moment with you. Till next time. Next week, bitches. Mo. What? Hit record, Tommy. Mo, grab a mic. Say what? Grab a mic. You ready? Yep. Good, because this is for your podcast, so bring it. So what? We haven't had a chance to meet about your podcast, so let's go. <laughs> you serious? Yeah. We doing it right now? We're doing one right now. What are we talking about? It's your podcast. Oh, ain't this a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. I, I'll give you 60 seconds. Don't get me wrong. Do I need to be here for this? No. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a great weekend. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Why is he doing this to you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to run with it. Because I got five minutes. <laughs> I got to go pick all this up. I got five minutes. It's impossible for you and I to get in the studio together, so. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> chick a pee is neither a chick nor a pee. Discuss. <laughs> all right. You ready? So ready. Well, this is good timing because I have to I have a bone to pick with you. Okay. So let me just tell you guys what's going on here, even though this is Mo's podcast and I take control every time. Every single time. <laughs> Every single time. So Mo and I had such a good time on his podcast that you guys have been asking, like, get back on there. But Mo and I have not been able to find time, right, outside of the station to sit down and do this. Well, a lot of that is because you always ask me, like, yo, you free in 20 minutes. I know. (laughs) And it's like, so Mo is doing... Not (laughs) really. So Mo is doing two shifts. I mean, he's really, really busy. Two yeah. shifts right now, doing all your stand-up and stuff. So it's been impossible to line up. And he's right. I'm last minute also, right? It's <laughs> putting him in an impossible situation. And now that I'm living in Canada, it, I really got to be super, super like time blocked. So uh, <laughs> we are recording this right after the Burt Show. Mo had no idea that we were going to be recording this. And I'm like, Mo, put some headphones on. And he's like, what are we talking about? I'm like, I don't know. It's your podcast. 
He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we've been saying we're going to do this, so what do you want to talk about? So instead of giving me a 20-minute heads up this time, yeah. you, you gave me a no-minute heads up. I hope you learned a valuable lesson. What is? <laughs> that don't ask for 20 minutes. That 20 minutes is a lot of time. <laughs> That's, that, was, that, that was a very <laughs> long grace period. Always be on edge. Exactly. Always, this See, job should give you anxiety. If yep. it doesn't, it will. To prove to you that we are still here right after the show, there's Davi. She hasn't even left. Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> Cassie, yeah. Cassie, 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 do I need to Hey, what's up? Let's all do it. All right, let's all do it. All right. Mom, yeah, what, what are we all going to talk about? What, what do y'all want to talk about? Is this okay? Are we invited to the boys' <laughs> Please, club? Please, <laughs> welcome. You don't hear them bitching, and they get—they had no heads up at all. I said, Gina started talking. All right, because, all right, so blast. somebody got a topic. Who got a topic? It's your podcast. It's your podcast. You take, but you take control every time anyway. It's your podcast. Take control now. <laughs> no, it's in the moment. Oh, we in the moment, guests, for real. Broadly speaking, what do you got? All right, I thought about you the other day. It's funny how radio works because you tend to think about your other co-hosts at times. You probably should not be thinking about them. Careful. It, no, it's, why would your mind go there? It's not that at all. Careful. Like, Have you met even, him? Not even close to that. It was because I was on a plane, right, and I got bumped up to first class, and I was so excited. I'm like, I'm going to get a first class experience. That's awesome. What? Right. When does that happen? I don't know. So you didn't have to pay for it? They just said, Well, no, I, no. I had to pay for the upgrade, okay. but, but but they didn't charge me what the first class price would have normally been. Okay. So you had to pay. I don't understand what that means. You had it, to pay for the upgrade. I was in I was in Comfort Plus, and it was a, a mistake somehow with the seating. Ah, okay. So someone had to get bumped up. Okay. So I did have to pay for the upgrade to be in Comfort Plus, but they ended up putting me in first class. Okay, nice. so let's huh. jump off here for just one second, even though this is your podcast. Oh, the, <laughs> okay. Now that's okay. the bird right. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bitch for a second here. All right. I don't know what medallion I am on Delta, but it's bullshit. Yep. If you're going to bitch about flying first class, I just, no. I sit by the bathrooms. No. <laughs> Which actually. It's safe. Yeah. By the way, that's the safest place in a is it? plane crash it's is if you're by the bathrooms. Place, but it's also is it the really? Uh huh. So yep. why aren't they putting first class in the back of the plane? Because y'all exactly. don't want to be by the bathrooms because you're all hoity toity with your free champagne in your <laughs> private piss room. I really should go and die drunk. <laughs> you know what else I learned? Uh, I don't know if they still do this, but if somebody dies on the flight, they put them in first class. What? What? You yeah. mean under first class? You're not sitting no, next to Bernie. No, they, they roll, they like drag them up there and they sit in first class so you can be there sipping your champagne and then the look over. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm not making <laughs> this up. <laughs> what? what is nobody sitting in first class? I'm dead. serious. You- I, like you, you have a few hour flight. They're not going to emergency land because somebody died, but they have oh. put the body in first class while they wait to land. So oh, okay. people have paid for first class and been shit sipping their champagne they, and looked over and they're next to Bernie. They put the body on you? No. Hold like, this for a second. No, they just find an available seat like away from people, but you could still be sitting next to a dead so body. So you don't know if they're sleeping it. or dead yeah. next to you. Exactly. Okay, I thought you were saying that because planes will transport dead people underneath and no. you won't even know it. I thought you were saying that they were putting those people that they knew. What you're saying I is know. if you mid-flight. Di- you didn't know that? No. Yeah. Mid-flight, somebody back by the shitter dies. They drag his ass up to first class. <laughs> <laughs> Are they talking about the drinks trolley? Yeah. Yeah. Could I have the nuts? Yes. Oh, I'll wait till you come back. <laughs> dead guy. Don't even put them in comfort? They just no. the first class. Did you not know pretty much any commercial flight you take has a body on the plane? I, I never knew I, I flew with a dead person before. Uh-huh. Human remains. Like almost everyone. Yeah. yeah, almost everyone. I mean, underneath in the cargo hold, obviously, but yeah. So is it, that's crazy. If I'm in first class and I'm paying all that money and they wheel a dead body I in there, know. I better get a fucking refund. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a once in a lifetime experience. <laughs> and a certificate for another first class trip. Hell yeah. Three. Three. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. flying first class to heaven. <laughs>
Really? It's your show. You can turn her mic off. It's your show. If it was the bird show, I would turn it off. That would have been it. You can do it right now if you want. I do, like, you're asking about your Delta medallion. I do have a question because what do I have to do? So I was just in Comfort Plus, paid for that upgrade last week. And she comes by with the trolley, and she's like, what can I get for you? I was like, give me some of them goldfish crackers. And mm-hmm. she's like, those are for the children. That's why I hide them. And I was like, you're not doing a very good job hiding them. I can see that, bitch. Give me some goldfish crackers. So I was like, okay, fine. Can I have a Bloody Mary? And she's like, you're really pushing it. I was like, what, what? the fuck is going on joking. here? No. She was serious? She was so irritated by me. And Blair was like, what the hell? And I said, why don't you give me a list of what I can have? I feel like that's going to be shorter. She ended up giving me the goldfish crackers and the Bloody Mary. I got it, but she gave me shit the whole time. I'm like, what can I have, bitch? <laughs> well, first well, of all, I think you call your flight attendant a bitch, then I don't think you're going to get very good I service. Kept that on the inside. No I kept that under my mask. I'm surprised because if you don't wear makeup, you look 12. So she would have given it to you. But then a Bloody Mary is just the can of tomato juice and vodka. <laughs> it's the same think? as like a vodka Coke or... That's, yeah. how, that's how much she hates you. She, she was <laughs> saucy from the get-go. And then I was like, give me the goldfish crackers. I guarantee you they're all going to end up in my mouth hole and not all scattered on the floor right. like those little assholes over there. <laughs> right. You. They should give them to the adults so they don't have to clean the plane that yeah. long afterwards. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it is a good fair. point, but she still had an attitude with me. And I was like, I love Delta, but you guys are pushing it. It's You're funny y'all it. bring that up, too, because okay. I checked to see what medallion I was the last time I flew because I realized they weren't treating me like they were treating the other medallions. And I, <laughs> I realized because I'm silver. So I ain't shit. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> they know. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they know. They so really silver medallion, yeah. silver medallion promises you that you get upgrade. Like the first shot at upgrades, never, ever have I been upgraded because of that medallion status. I don't like. When does the upgrade come? Because it, it tells me I'm like a million miles away, and they called out every other medallion person. They was like, diamond, come through, platinum, gold, everybody but silver. Silver, really? sit your ass down. I was like, this is some bullshit. Is there a bronze? Yeah, like, bronze can come. I tell you what, though. Right <laughs> Once a Delta employee hears this, it's going to be different. I was on a Delta flight, didn't tweet out the logo or anything, but I was so hot. It was after a Vegas trip with Kristen for one of the music awards. I was dying. It was so hot. I thought I was going to pass out. So I just tweeted a picture like of myself being like, ah, it's so hot in this flight. No Delta logos. Didn't mention Delta. Ten minutes later, flight attendant came up to my seat and was like, Miss Wood, we're turning down the uh, air on the plane no for you. Way. And I was like, what? That's like Facebook shit right yeah, there. Yeah, because a Burt Show listener um, saw it, and she worked for Delta, contacted Delta. They looked up my flight and my seat number and turned the temperature down on the plane. Or at least they said they did. It felt better afterwards. Are you serious? Yeah, I was like, that is some high, Damn. like sky-high service. I better get some goldfish crackers <laughs> at my house today. They, last time somebody <laughs> told them I was on a flight, they just said, thanks for flying with us, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some wings. <laughs> that's okay. what you got for your medallion that's status it. right that's there. It, bro. They, they talk to you. <laughs> Literally, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> Just want to thank you for flying with us. Kept it moving. And then thank somebody else. I said, well, you could at least wait it. That was my moment. <laughs> I'm looking for my, my Delta status here because I was like on the cusp of getting like upgraded to whatever the next shitty status was. <laughs> the next status where they promised me everything and don't give me anything. <laughs> like- but I was just like 12 miles away too. And I'm like, come on, can't you just round up? <laughs> if you got the app, you go to the Sky Mile section. It should be right under your name. Okay. Mine shows one of those purple squares from Monopoly. <laughs> like, <that's laughs> like, Dude, what status? <laughs> what status are you? I'm silver. My shit's gold. Oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, oh, shit, you got you the gold background why? and everything? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's Wait, exactly why. My status is 
Sky, Sky Miles member. That's, That's it. it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and they changing the AC for you and shit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I find the toilet and they're like, Miss Wood, we've turned down the entire temperature on the entire airplane for you. I'm like, thank you. I'll have some goldfish and a Bloody Mary now, please. You would. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right, there you go. Yeah, we did See, it. See, they did it. Yeah. They didn't need oh. any, like, warning or some shit. They were funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Mo brought up the topic. Yeah. yeah we could riff on Everybody's that. got flight drama. That yeah. That's, that was better than everything I've done <laughs> for my podcast previously. That's because this is the bird show. <laughs> yeah. In fact, we're not putting this on the podcast. This is the 7.30 break <laughs> on Monday. Chop it up. It was too good to put Watch on this him. podcast. <laughs> Yoink. Plugs the podcast. A lot of y'all are hype beasts, man. Call it what it is. Just being honest. And you know how I know a lot of y'all are hype beasts? Because Casamigos been around since 2013. Now, all of a sudden, Casamigos is everybody's favorite drink, everybody's favorite tequila. Nobody was asking for it five years ago. It was there. All of a sudden, it's everybody's favorite. Nobody thinks for themselves anymore. It's just true. Y'all better start appreciating the people like me that still think for ourselves and are not fooled by the antics because we're a rare breed dying by the day. Somebody needs to send me my flowers. <laughs> I don't even care if it's the water roses flowers like the bird show. Doesn't matter if I get them. Just send them. I'm in the moment. Stay in the moment. Yeah. Hey. Look. Check. I'm in the moment. They try to hold me down. I just re up and I just reload it. Yeah. Hey. Look. Stay in the moment. Stay in the moment. Try to hold you down, you just re-up and then you just reload it, yeah I'm in the moment, you can put everything on it Doing this winning since about the beginning I never could see an opponent, I'm saying it fuck Sit in the back, all of it raw, all of it fact Might be the Johnny, might be the Jack Might be the me, but it's all they lack March to his own, don't need a band Park in his own, that's for a band Was for a dollar, now it's for a fan Sitting on stage, all for the stands Boy, I talk, spit that real Feel what I say, cause I say what I feel Ride till it's gone, give a fuck about age King of the pod and the king of the stage Next week, bitches Look, check, I'm in the moment They try to hold me down, I just re-up and then I just reload it Yeah, Hey, look, stay in the moment If they try to hold you down, you just re-up and then you just reload it Yeah